Chief, uh, if I were surrounded by six or eight of these things, would I stand a chance with them? Well, there's no problem. If you had a gun, shoot them in the head. That's a sure way to kill them. If you don't, get yourself a club or a torch. Beat them or burn them. They go up pretty easy. Well, Chief McClellan, how long do you think it will take you until you get the situation under control? Well, that's pretty hard to say. We don't know how many of them there are. We know when we find them, we can kill them. Are they slow-moving, Chief? Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. My name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And, and we, we are, are the Exorcisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to episode 29. And in this episode, we are going to be discussing the OG zombie movie, Night of the Living Dead, released in 1968. Were there zombie movies before Night of the Living Dead? None that mm -hmm. I've seen. There were zombie movies, but this is a different type of zombie. So the okay. zombie movies that came before, Bell Lugosi was even on one. Oh, I see. Okay. It was about the old-fashioned hoodoo voodoo zombie. Got it. It's okay. not this killer we're going to cannibalize. The cannibalism thing started with this. I was about to say, because this really started the modern zombie. Every yes. single zombie movie show. We can chalk that up to George Romero. Comic. Yes, exactly. They are uh, headshot to kill. Yep. Or some sort of head trauma yeah. to kill, and then they eat you. Exactly. <laughs> and they turn you. Which is why they're not called zombies. In this whole movie, they ghouls. call them ghouls. Yes. They don't call them zombies because that wasn't a thing yet. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah. We're, start, we're seeing it from the very beginning. I call them zombies going through this, but yes, in the like in the news reporting and the radio broadcast, they refer to them as ghouls. Yes. Yeah. And really, it in this one we'll get into it in a minute but it does start like if they get bit they turn and they say in this every single person that dies will come back as as a ghoul yes which again like look at the walking oh, they've got just major major movement dawn of the dead the walking dead and how many spinoffs are off of just those two movies alone exactly. not even including this one and this one has been remade Zombies too Zombies have taken over the world lately yeah, with exactly. their stories and it all started from this yeah which is really cool and i was excited to watch this one i'm not huge into zombie movies it's one of those things where i never feel like watching them and then I when like i watch them, them i get into them like superhero movies it, yeah, exactly. I never want to watch a Marvel movie, but mm -hmm. I usually enjoy it when I do. Yeah. So this movie was in black and white, and I didn't know if that was a choice, but you told me it was based on their budget. Yeah, they had a small budget. So it must I was about to say, it must have been a small budget, because mm -hmm. it's not like there wasn't color option no, it was at this point. Very tiny budget. Honestly, a lot of it is like, we've talked about Evil Dead, the same kind of thing happened with this. Like, the house that they filmed all this in was getting ready to be demolished, mm -hmm. but they actually had to put in a lot of work a lot of money to refurbish it so that they could even fucking film there and yeah. then it all got chopped down it looked good yeah i mean it's hard to tell in black and white necessarily the quality of like the paint and the wallpaper and all that shit but it yeah. looked pretty good it looked believable as a farmhouse and, yeah. and then this was filmed in set in pennsylvania and i believe also filmed right outside pennsylvania i think so so it opens with a car driving down a road and this like spooky music starts off immediately. And this car is going through a cemetery. And I thought it was a couple at first, but very quickly you figure out that it's a brother and sister duo. And they stop and talk about moving on, moving one of their mothers to a graveyard where they are moving. And then John is complaining about driving out there just to put a wreath on a grave marker. And before John gets out of the car, the radio comes back on. Because it hasn't been on, mm -hmm. and it says they are coming back to the air after a technical problem. And right off the bat, John complains a lot. <laughs> and they're out there late, and Barb's like, well, if you would have just 
woken up earlier, we wouldn't be out here so late. So they're bickering like brothers and sisters do. And he tells Barbara to hurry up as she's spending time at this gravesite, this family gravesite. And he's like, hurry up, let's go. He's not very patient. And he talks about how they used to go out to the graveyard as kids and they get scared. And then mm-hmm. you get that, that they're coming for you, yeah, Barbara. And they're going to get you. <laughs> and then they see a man. So, okay, I do have to say real quick, this movie starts off immediately. Yes. There's not buildup. There's no, no, like, things are being weird and we're not sure what's going on. It starts like yes. like that. There's no waiting around. And it's pretty action-y the whole, almost, like, hour and a half runtime. How fucking creepy, too, though. Like, you're just in the graveyard with your brother. You think you're doing fine. There's this random dude over there. And then he tries to, like, bite you. And then you're being chased. Like, yeah. It's, Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah. And as he's joking about somebody coming for you and has, he has no idea. Yeah. Like you said, it attacks Barbara and cause John even jokes, he's one of them. And the man actually attacks Barbara when she goes over to apologize for her brother being an asshole. <laughs> and then John of course comes to tussle with it and falls and hits his head on a gravestone and gets knocked out. And what also was kind of confusing in this movie was you've got meat right there knocked out and you're going for the one running away. Right. What about that one? Right. Just go go back to that one, but you know we we need a chase scene. We need to, we need to get scares going here. Mm. And the zombie walks away from him and goes for her, and she runs away and falls. And I made her know, oh my god! Instead of putting her heels back on, she just kicked him off. Why didn't that set a precedent for movies? Right? Because it's like one of the only ones where she loses a shoe and she's not like, oh my god, my shoe! And she also exactly. kicks her heels off. She's like, I can't run Fuck this it, bitch I'm out of here. Yeah. And she gets in a car, in the car, and the zombie is beating on the window. And it moves quickly, and the zombie beats the window in with a brick. So not only are these ghouls slash zombies just coming at her incessantly, they're, they can problem solve. Yes. They take a brick, and he takes a brick and tries to put it through a window so he can get to her, and he does. And she takes off, and she's dragging the zombie for a minute, but eventually loses it. And for some dumb reason... Like, there's, she's not even going that fast. She just, like, sideswipes a tree. Okay. Yes, you're correct in the movie part, but I, I'm going to defend Georgia Romero okay. for a moment. all right, go for it. And what happened was they were so low budget that that was, like, someone's mom's car, oh and God. she got sideswiped previously, so it was going to mess up the continuity of the rest of the film, so they just oh. wrecked it and... Because it was a real dumb, like... Really? It, it was. just going to just it at was, like but they five miles an hour side wipe that, that fucking tree? That makes more sense though. Yeah. But in the movie it's like. Exactly. Are you, are you serious? So she runs to a house and bangs on the door and no one answers. And she sees this ghoul still coming for her. And so she runs into the random house and locks herself in. This is one of the only occasions where I support just running into some <laughs> random farmhouse right. in the middle of nowhere. Zombie outbreaks. Yes. Don't wait for them to be like. Who is it? Just get in the fucking house. <laughs> because somebody's going to eat you out there or they're going to kill you inside. Doesn't really matter. Exactly. At least inside you might have a chance because you know out here you don't. And so she's slinking around the house to explore and she's kind of taken aback by all the taxidermy in one of the rooms. She's really kind of, she's already freaked out. So everything is just kind of freaking her out even yeah. more. And she hears the ghoul outside beating on the door and on the side of the house. And she grabs a phone and of course it doesn't work. And she sees more ghouls coming from the woods toward the house outside the window. And so she goes upstairs and immediately stops because she sees this fucked up corpse. (laughs) Yeah. Like they keep, they say it in this movie a lot, partially devoured. And that's pretty much what this, this body is of this woman. Those ping pong balls for eyes though, by the way. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. 
She runs out of the house and a man has pulled up and pushes her back into the house and locks the door. He says he can handle one of them, but it'll be a problem when they figure out that they're there. And his truck is out of gas and he's asking her questions like, do you live here? And she's in such shock that she can't answer his questions. Mm -hmm. Like she is completely incoherent. She's not helpful at all. Yeah. And he tells her they have to get out of there and they need to get to where there are other people. And he says he will look for food for them to take with them. And then she's kind of like leaning against the stairwell at the bottom and then blood drops at her from upstairs and she almost faints. <laughs> she, Barbara, is an exhausting <laughs> character mm-hmm. and she's not likable, but she also is, could be relatable. I mean, she goes catatonic pretty soon, so you don't have to deal with her for long. That's true. But it's just like, oh my God, get over it. Walk on your own, bitch. Let's yeah. go. And she, because she's, you know, a lead in this movie and she just doesn't do anything. No. But sit there and look pretty the whole time. She can squeak out some words every now and then. Mm Mm-hmm. And two of the ghouls are beating on his truck. So they're literally, like, taking, like, limbs and stuff to make sure that he can't get in that and drive away. Yeah. They're, like, so smart, which is the scariest part. Zombies that can run and zombies that are problem solvers Mm -hmm. are the scariest. And he asks if she's seen any more than two of them outside, and she just screams. <laughs> she doesn't know. <laughs> and he goes outside and starts beating him with a crowbar. And one of them goes into the house where Barbara is having a meltdown in a chair. Just sitting there crying. No. Got her back to who knows what. Has no. She has no survival skills at all. No. Like, if it wasn't for Ben, this man, she would have fucking died. And he should have let her. <laughs> She does anyway, so. Yeah. The man walks in and saves her before the zombie can get to her, and the back door was left open, and more of them are walking towards them. There's, like, five or six now, and he tells her they know we're in here now. And he goes outside and starts burning one of their bodies, and the other five-ish ghouls start to back off a little bit. And then he starts gathering his supplies to board up the house, and he tells her she needs to get some wood so he can board up the place. And she's still so petrified she can hardly move or talk. So she kind of wanders into a living room near the fireplace and finds some wood. But then instead of getting the wood, she starts a music box, like, <laughs> and then she gets some wood and she just, <laughs> but he's taking doors off of the, you know, out of the doorways and actually using those to board up other doors and windows, which is pretty smart. He's not like breaking them into pieces. He's using like whole ass doors and mm-hmm. nailing them into um, access points. She starts trying to help him board up the house by holding the door, but she can't even really do that. I, I will say, at least she's like, tr- she realizes she's not being helpful. Yeah. But she just, she's too terrified and weak. And like you said, like verging on catatonic to yeah. actually help. After he finishes boarding up, he says they're afraid right now because he found out that they were afraid of fire. But eventually when the fire dies down, they will start pounding on the door. He tells her when he first encountered the ghouls was like he was near a diner and the diner was being overrun by them. And that's when he also found out they were afraid of fire. And he said he was alone with 50 or 60 of them and they were standing there just staring at him. And he plowed right through him with his truck. And they didn't run, just stood there. And then she tells him about losing Johnny when they were putting a wreath on their father's grave and then they saw one. As she tells the part of being grabbed before Johnny intervened, the man can tell as the, the more she goes into the story that she's losing it more yes. and more and more. And so he's like, you need to calm down. Don't talk about it. You need to chill out. Calm down. And 
Well, she's losing her shit. And she said she got so afraid she ran and Johnny didn't come. And Barbara says they need to go out and get Johnny and begs him to go out and get him. And he tells her that Johnny is dead and she slaps him. Mm-hmm. And then he punches her. I love that. <laughs> and well, passes out. Some crazy out. bitch is starting shit. Yes. Yes, exactly. Get her gone for just a second. Yes. I'm not saying kill her, but... Mm-hmm. And he... I love the in charge hero. Like, yes. Not that I'm going to coddle you for a second and then we're going to die. Get your shit together, Barbara. Yeah. <laughs> we don't got time for this. We're going to die. Exactly. <laughs> he lays her on the sofa and turns on the radio. And the radio says they will broadcast 24-7. So this is also kind of unique to this zombie movie, though, because a lot of a lot of them, the broadcasts go dark. But right. not in this one. Society is still somewhat functional. They're just trying to figure out how to fight this. Yes. So there is an epidemic of mass murder being committed by unidentified assassins, is what they say. And the radio also says they urge people to stay where they are and to not venture outside. So Ben sets a living room chair on fire, and he keeps lighting these fires to keep them more so away from, more or less away from the house and the radio says the president is planning to take action with an emergency presidential conference so ben continues to board up the house as barbara wakes up to the radios and it says stay inside at all costs and ben opens a closet and finds a shotgun and he also finds these women's shoes that are flats there and he he's like oh she doesn't have any shoes yeah. so he's not a a dick no he's just a survivalist exactly he's just trying to fucking survive exactly and so he walks in as barbara is sitting up and he gets her a pair of shoes and he puts them on her feet because she's again useless <laughs> and he says they're well boarded up with a gun bullets food and a radio and they should be okay until someone comes to rescue them and she's still dazed and he says i don't know if you can hear me but i'm going upstairs and if anything tries to break in i will be down to take care of it and then the radio says victims have been partially devoured by the murderers and then Ben goes upstairs and drags the lady that owned the home that was partially eaten away out of the hallway. Barbara's listening to the radio, continuing to talk about people being eaten, and the killers are eating the flesh of the people they kill. And it keeps reiterating that point. They're eating mm-hmm. them. They're eating them. They're eating them. And Barbara sees someone trying to get in, and two men walk in. And you're like, zombies? But they're not zombies. They just, like, they're these men that were in the house already. And they were actually down in the cellar and Ben is pissed because they heard her screaming and crying for help and they didn't do anything. Right. They were just down there. Exactly. And so then there's Harry Cooper and he's the older of the two men that came up is trying to convince them to go down to the cellar because there's only one entrance door that they have to protect. But the other man's name is Tom. He's a younger man says that it's a death trap. And so they're all arguing and they go to a window to board it up completely, but there are slats and they shoot at one of the zombies in the chest and it doesn't stop coming at them until it's shot in the head. And then they see a group of like dozens, like maybe 20 almost coming for them. And then Harry Cooper says he's going back down into the cellar and him and Ben get into it about how they're going to split the resources because Ben says, I'm up here. I'm defending this house. This is my food that I'm defending. So if you're not going to help me defend it, you don't get any of it. Yeah. And which I like that. Like that's something yeah. that we all know just by context, but for someone to flat out say, I'm defending it because this is where my food and my safety is. Exactly. And Ben is a don't fuck with me kind of man. Like mm-hmm. I am going to take care of this. Which I do want to comment. I know everybody comments on this, but he is a black male lead. Mm-hmm. And this was in the sixties. This mm-hmm. was hardcore racism was everywhere oh yeah and for that to happen and they don't there's no racism in the movie 
They don't even mention it. At all. Yeah. No, I mean, you would expect this old guy to be really mean and probably cruel towards this. Call him the N-word or something. Exactly. That does not happen in this movie, and I love that. Well, it's like, we're all in the same situation at this point. Like, this is an apocalyptic type of situation, so what would... And I know people would, and they probably do, in tough situations, bring race into this. These people seem to realize that. Exactly. Or George A. Romero just didn't... He's like, it's not, doesn't matter. He's a good actor. I'm casting him. That's actually, that's literally what happened is yeah. he was the best one that read for the part that he did not bring race into it at all. He's like, I, I didn't even realize it was a thing until people started bringing it up, which is great. That's where we need to go. Exactly. And, you know, I will say too, you know, try not to get too political on this podcast, but there is a lot of, especially horror movies that it, that it's a very whitewashed yes. genre until I mean Jordan Peele really coming in exactly. is he's doing a lot of good and then you have the stereotype of the black man's the first one to die he lasts till the end exactly and that was early mm-hmm. so it's cool to to see that representation especially in early horror when if you really saw even before this black people in film it was usually they were usually the butt of the joke exactly. I know that sounds awful but it's true yeah. and so to get this representation in the sixties is setting a really great precedent right. even in this small movie that then became a huge movie yep. just for the genre in general a woman comes up from the cellar and her name is judith or judy and it is tom the younger man's wife and you know they say they're gonna stay upstairs so harry cooper barricades the cellar and tom tries to convince him from the other side to stay up there with him so they can stick together what judy's wearing though I don't, I don't remember. It's literally just jeans and a shirt and a denim jacket. Oh. I love this movie. Like, watching it now, it doesn't feel dated. There aren't those crazy 60s... Barbara has, like, the closest to a 60s outfit. But the way it's filmed and the clothing in it, it definitely feels like, this could happen now. Yeah. Which is great. Barb is over there still being useless and unresponsive. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Mr. Cooper down in the cellar with his wife Helen and they have a sick daughter she's young maybe like 11 her name is Karen and she's sick with something we don't know we can assume because we know zombie um, movies by now that she got bit but back then they had no idea yeah which is so cool yeah it had to have been so amazing to watch this movie and not know what was going to happen exactly we know now yeah of course because it's the formula that created that was created by this movie yes Helen says that she feels warm and she thinks she may just be in shock because of everything that's happened. And Helen is really snide with Harry and telling him it's only important for him to be in the cellar because he wants to be right because he already took that stand. And she's mad because there's a radio upstairs. She's like, there's a radio upstairs Mm -hmm. and you boarded us up down here? And Helen tells him to take the boards down because they'll be locked away without any communication. Helen says, we may not enjoy living together, but we're not going to die together. Like, so their marriage is... Oh, yeah. She hates him. Yeah. <laughs> and, which is good because she needs to, like, take charge of the situation. Mm-hmm. Tom yells at them that they found a TV upstairs, and then that's, like, the last straw for Helen. She's like, okay, we're going upstairs. Mm-hmm. And Helen says they'll come up if someone can go down with Karen. So Judith or goes downstairs to stay with Karen. And Helen sits across from Barbara and lights a cigarette after Tom says her brother was killed. And she's, like, crazily tracing, like, lace on, like, a little, mm-hmm. looks like a doily, but it just lays on the couch. She's, like, tracing it with her finger. And Helen lights a cigarette and she just looks terrified of her <laughs> yeah. for some reason. Also, they say, like, oh, her brother was killed by him. Like, so many times, like, right in front of her, it's like, y'all are insensitive as fuck. <laughs> 
clearly that's why she's over there going fucking crazy and y'all are just like, her brother died. Like, <laughs> Jesus. And I'll just be like, hey, her, her brother's dead. Don't mention it because obviously she's losing her shit. Like, no, <laughs> no, none of that. Harry comes up and complains about the windows and Helen yells, why don't you do something to help somebody? So she's getting him. She's like, stop mm-hmm. bitching. Just do. Exactly. Like, come on. Like, stop being an asshole. Actually put forth effort into surviving here. Exactly. They turn on the TV and hear a report of what is going on with people being eaten. The news report speculates that a high amount of radiation from a satellite explosion may be causing the killings and the mutations. A professor feels that the radiation is definitely the cause as he believes it caused the mutations and they recommend anyone injured seek medical attention immediately. Ben asks how sick Karen is and tells Helen to go downstairs with her and Judy is summoned upstairs. The news report tells of a corpse missing its limbs, all of its limbs, becoming reanimated and that people only have a few minutes to burn the bodies before they come back to life. So people are starting to figure this out and get this information out to the mainstream. Yeah. Which is cool. Because again, in modern zombie movies you don't really see that because media tends to 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 make it even scarier media tends to go dark pretty quickly well i know that this is a continuation so we have night of the living dead dawn of the dead and day of the dead it's like a yeah supposed to be like a continuation of the outbreak so it makes sense that this is the beginning of the outbreak how we still have television yeah i'm i have not seen the others so maybe i'm wrong maybe um speaking out of turn right now but i'm assuming that we get more into the no media coverage and the others i know you do in like dawn of the dead okay. you I have mean, seen that i have seen part of the old one and i have seen the, re- the 2004 okay. remake yeah which is of course a little different but ben tells them to head to the fruit cellar to get bottles and jars because he wants to make molotov cocktails and they come up with a plan to throw the Just molotov cocktails, cocktails right now. i know <laughs> while everyone gets in the truck so they can get to a rescue center but they have to gas up the truck first and judy and tom are talking about leaving and judy doesn't want to because she says you know they're safe here and tom convinces her it's the right thing to do and she's just worried about him having to go outside and get the truck ready Back in the living room, they all tell Barbara she has to go downstairs so they can leave. And she hasn't talked at all, but as soon as they say we're going to leave, she says she would like to leave. I would like to leave. (laughs) And so she agrees to go downstairs. And then Ben and Tom get ready to carry out their plan and go outside. And Harry gets ready to throw the Molotov cocktails from upstairs so he can give them a little bit of coverage. He starts throwing them and the ghouls disperse a little bit from fear. And then Tom runs out to the truck. Okay. And Judy runs out to be with her husband. I get it. Mm -hmm. I get it. That's your partner. That is the man you love. You don't want him to go without you. But don't throw a monkey wrench into a plan that is so vital to survival because you're just going to fuck it up for everybody. Also, at that point, like, you couldn't have even done it before they walked outside the door. No, it's as they're out there already fighting fighting. these off yeah she runs out there that just gives them someone else to worry about like ben's like get in the truck like you know he's like i was gonna sit there but i guess go ahead yeah i mean they they die anyway but i'm sitting there as soon as she ran out on the porch i'm like fuck he's gonna get out of the truck he's gonna get caught by one he doesn't but they but die pretty quick anyway yeah exactly and then ben lets her into the truck and gets in the bed of it with a burning post and so basically the truck explodes and yeah it gets caught on fire yeah and ben sees that there are he's her her fucking jacket like she gets her husband fucking killed her in her fucking jacket yeah so they get stopped and then he gets out and her jacket's fucking stuck so he goes back to save her and the whole thing fucking blows up that fucking jacket 
If you had stayed in the fucking house. It wouldn't happen like that. The zombies end up eating the burnt stuff in there, and that's yeah. ham covered in chocolate sauce. Interesting. People were gagging. Oh, I bet. <laughs> when they were actually eating it, they were like, oh, yeah. this is disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> and so Ben is now, like, out in the elements. So they aren't too far from the house, but they did end up, like, yeah, out a little bit. Yeah, where he's got to get back now. Exactly. And he sees that there are so many zombies, and he's surrounded. and But he somehow makes it back inside the house and needs Harry's help. But Harry runs away like a coward when he's trying to keep them out. Well, he needs Harry to open the fucking door. Yeah. And he manages to get in anyway, and who? He knocks him out. It's great. Dude. <laughs> he beats the shit out of him. I was about to say, he does eventually come back to help him reboard up the door. But then afterwards, yeah. Ben punches him for abandoning him and abandoning the plan. Yep. And then, like, punches him, like, Bunch a lot. <laughs> yeah. Not just one and we're over it. No, over and over and no. just wailing on him. And then it cuts to the truck and the zombies get pieces of Tom and Judy and they start fighting over them. And then there's nasty sounds of them eating that sloshy, like chewing. Mm -hmm. And then it cuts to the house and they're waiting another 10 minutes because there is a broadcast coming at three o'clock and Barbara is still being fucking crazy. She's like, oh, 10 minutes. That's not that long. She's just being, again. Oh, yeah. She's done lost it. She's some dead weight. Y'all need to just cut your losses. Be like, I know psychologically something happened and you snapped. And I'm sorry about that. (laughs) But if you don't snap out of it, I'm going to leave you behind. You're going to get it. Yeah. And honestly, she's pretty zombie-ish anyways. Exactly. So (laughs) she's just not that much of a threat to them. Ben says they should try to get back to the Cooper's car, but Harry says it's too far and they can't get Karen that far because obviously she's sick and they'd have to carry her. Yeah. And they say she was bit by one of the zombies when Ben asks, like, why? What happened to her? And Barb tells them she has a car. She's like, I have a car, but you won't be able to start it. She's like, hee hee. Like, Johnny has the keys. That's all she keeps saying over and over again. But then, but you drove it and crashed it. But, but Johnny has the keys. Hmm. Well, you're going to see Johnny soon, so maybe ask him. <laughs> <laughs> a news report comes on that they were waiting for says the radiation is increasing and all who die will come back to life to seek human victims unless they are burned or shot in the head with or uh, killed with a heavy blow to the skull. Kill the brain and you kill the ghoul. This movie is a little less apocalyptic as there are, like I said, a lot of people out on the streets killing them, some led by police. So there are these people doing interviews with these, like, civilian militias and these police leading them. Yeah. And they're just going from, like, town to town, just taking them out as they see them. So it's not necessarily, like, yes, people are panicked, but it's not, like, mass hysteria like you see in a lot of these movies. There are people coming up and organizing themselves to try to take out some of these hordes of zombies. As they're all watching the TV, the power goes off. And Ben wants to go look for the fuse box, but Harry says the power lines are down. He tells Helen after Ben walks out of the room that he needs to get the gun from Ben because two people have already died on his account. I'm sorry. Were you of any help in any of this? (laughs) Exactly. And, of course, Ben, like, hears this. And zombies are now beating on the doors and throwing things into the windows. And their hands are coming through the slats. Ben is asking Harry for help. But then he drops the gun and Harry grabs the gun and tells Helen to get in the cellar. So Ben and Harry fight over the gun, and Ben wins it and shoots Harry. And he falls into the cellar. He's still alive. Yeah, Ben is over this bullshit fast. Yeah. He's like, like, you're going to get me fucking killed, dude. And good on him for being like, nope. But yeah, he falls into the cellar, and he's still alive, but he pretty much dies as he reaches his daughter Karen. Mm -hmm. 
Helen is being overtaken by zombies through the door upstairs and Barb finally (laughs) gets off her ass (laughs) for the first time to actually try to help. And then down in the cellar, Karen gets up and starts eating Harry. And then Helen goes down there and Karen starts moving towards her. And this is a pretty brutal death. Yeah. Her little girl, who's between like nine and 11, and is now a ghoul, grabs a, like a little trowel. hand. Sh- yeah, trowel, exactly. And fucking stabs the fuck out over of her. And over and Because like a lot of zombie movies, they just start biting. Yeah. But she's like, no, I need to kill her first. So she, again, problem solved. She's like, okay. There's this, it's pointy, and I'm going to stab her, and then I'm going to eat her. Yeah. And so she starts moving towards her, and she does kill her. And Barbara is taken by the horde of zombies upstairs when she she sees Johnny amongst the horde at the door. Yeah. And she had her defenses up, and when she sees him, it kind of breaks her again, and she stops fighting as hard, and she is overtaken by them. They are getting into the house, and then Ben backs away and is confronted by Karen. And he goes into the cellar to get away from all the zombies walking into the house, but the zombies start beating on the cellar door. So he's pretty much preparing for his final standoff. Mm -hmm. There are dozens of them in the house now, and Ben sees Harry's body getting back up and shoots him in the head. And then he sees Helen with the trowel sticking out of her and shoots her in the head as well, but she hadn't gotten up yet. He Mm -hmm. just does it preemptively. And he's then trying to figure out what to do. And a helicopter lands in a field in the area and there is a, there are police and a militia gathering and they say they are going to check out a house that's in the area. So it's like, if they had just lasted like 20 more minutes, they would have had this whole rescue team coming to get them. Yep. Which is really, that's always how it goes, right? (laughs) Ben is nodding off from the cellar as he hears the dogs barking and the cops start shooting at the zombies. And Ben realizes they would have heard the rescue team if they had been in the cellar in the first place. That's what I think. Because he was fighting so hard against Harry for not being in the cellar. Yeah. And if they had just gone into the cellar, they because w- he was like, we're not going to be able to hear. He clearly hears the rescue yeah. team and the dogs. So he's like, fuck. <laughs> you know? Because he's the only one that's alive now. Yeah. He's the only one that's made it this far. And for no fucking reason. So Ben makes it upstairs to the rescue team. But someone on the militia team... Gets excited and shoots him and kills him, thinking he's a zombie. So he got killed for no fucking reason, just by another human that got a little antsy on the trigger there. And then it cuts to snapshots of the team coming into the house and finding everyone dead. Mm -hmm. And the end. Yep. So we have no one of our little party that survived. Not a single one. And it really, like, goes to show you, like, if they had just communicated and worked together Mm -hmm. and gotten along, but no, our human nature... It's just so shitty. Like, yeah. our instincts are just not that good when we're in with a bunch of people that have different ideals than ourselves. We don't often put aside our ego to work together, even in the midst of something, like, that could save our lives. Clearly, mm-hmm. it killed. Really, their lack of working together killed all of them. Yep. Where they could have really just, they could have survived that. Yeah. This was one of the last movies to be released without a rating. It was released in October of 1968, and ratings were instituted in November of 1968, which this movie was actually on the list of why, because one of the reviewers was in 
watching it and the audience had actual like children in it because parents brought them and he's like mm, this is a lot much for kids to see so this was part of why it got pushed for through i will say if you see a movie that says night of the living dead mm-hmm. maybe not appropriate for young children yeah just saying you can get a lot from a title people mm-hmm. and you know they even had trailers in the 60s yeah so like <laughs> god people need like their hands held like Oh, if the, yep. your kids are under 13 or 17, they shouldn't go see this gory monster movie. Just saying. Now we have to have a whole rating system. It's kind of funny. I can cut this out if you want. But it's kind of funny that baby boomers are so upset that it's our generation that needs to be treated like snowflakes. But. <laughs> Y'all needed a rating system. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> well, and you know, a that, but it's also interesting. I like it now because, like, rated R movies, if they're under 17, they can't come in without a parent. So we don't have, like, yes. kids coming into rated R movies. That's so that's good. Like, and then that also can kind of, like, PG 13 horror movies can go one of two ways. They can be really good, like Exorcism of Emily Rose. Mm-hmm. Or they can be really bad. Mm-hmm. Like, Bye Bye Man. <laughs> exactly. Like, like Bye Bye Man. Yeah. And so it could go either way with a PG 13. Usually a rated R, if for no other reason, is going to be entertaining because it's at least gory or something like in the horror realm or it's just that scary or sadistic so you know that's why when a movie comes out that's a horror movie and it's pg-13 i'm like okay exactly whatever because i think brightburn this year was rated r i think us was rated r i know uh, i think ma was rated r and it's hard to remember but like i think most of the ones that we watched this year that were rated r but uh, anyways, yeah, I like this movie. I would probably put it up there. On, it's probably not something I would watch like over and over and over, mm-hmm. but I liked it and I'd probably give it like a three and a half to a four. Yeah, I I like this movie. I'd probably f- give it a five if I had the nostalgia attached to it. Yeah. This started the precedent for all zombie movies. So exactly. that's, that's got a Super lot cool, to it. Yeah. The, the background of movies gets me more sometimes, but I would definitely give it a solid four. Probably not a five, but four. Yeah. That's fair. So again, thank you guys for listening. As always, we appreciate it more than you could ever know. If you would like to hang out with us on our social medias, you can search the Extra Sisters podcast on both Facebook and Instagram, and we should pull up for you. You can find us on Twitter at the Extra Sisters. If you want to talk to us about anything, have any recommendations, or just want to reach out, it's really easy to get a hold of us at the Extra Sisters at gmail.com. And you can find all of our episodes, including blog posts and connections to IMDb and our ratings for these movies on our website, extrasisters.com and next time to avoid fainting keep repeating it's only a movie only a movie only a movie till then stay creepy they're coming to get you barbara